Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm here to help you navigate nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together, we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Really excited to talk to my friend Sean Newman here today. Sean Newman was able to pivot his podcast during the pandemic and ended up getting some of the most influential doctors during this time. He's had a lot of big and brave conversations. You know the kind, all those kind of conversations that get you canceled these days. We talk about the importance of going with the flow of life and always standing up for what's right, regardless of the kind of pressure you experience. Before we get started with the show, I want to just touch on sponsors because we have to pay the bills. One, please join my membership, The Sovereign. The Sovereign is a membership experience that will serve you in a world gone wild. I throw the book at you guys in this. You get absolutely everything. Is that a thing? Throw the book, throw the library? Anyways, you're going to get an online wellness studio. You'll get practices for your mental health, for your physical health. But then there's something unique about The Sovereign. We meet live to talk about everything from finance to natural health, homesteading, Bitcoin, building businesses, literally anything and everything you might need to handle a world gone wild. This content is delivered to you electronically. You can show up live and meet other people just like you. You can watch it on demand when you're out walking the dogs. Guys, if I had this two years ago, I would have been in a much better place. Get in here now while you can. It's half off until October 31st. That's only 22 bucks a month to get you everything that you might need support with in a world gone wild. Our second sponsor is Purium. Purium are non-GMO organic superfoods that help detox the body of glyphosate, boost your energy, your mood, and your digestion. Guys, these products are next level. I can't talk today. (laughs) I do their cleanse twice a year. It's 30 days. I commit. And every single time, I feel amazing. I end up losing weight. My skin looks better. My digestion is reset. So if you're looking for a total reset, this is definitely the product line for you. And last but not least, every single day I take Glow Liquid Collagen. Liquid Collagen helps my joints. If you guys know me, I've been a yogi for over 20 years. My body gets sore. Also, you know, I'm kind of getting old. 
Glow Liquid Collagen is the only uh, brand that I know of that uses collagen from bovine. Yes, there's chicken collagen, there's marine collagen, but I don't know if you guys know this, but you want the one from bovine because that's the one that works best with human DNA. So sorry, vegans, this one's not for you, but this stuff, guys, it works. Six weeks of daily use, all of a sudden my chronic joint pain was gone. Skin, amazing. Hair, that was you know, kind of getting thin in some places from having kids and life stress, blah, blah, blah. Richer, thicker, everything's better. One little product, highly recommend. See the show notes for the links for all of these amazing products. And with that, let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Carla Joy Treadway, and I have with me today my podcast buddy, Sean Newman. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. (laughs) I found Sean um, two years ago, and I don't know if I told you, but I I listened to, I think, every single show of yours. Um, I don't know how I found you. I was just blown away by every single guest that you were bringing on, and you would go for dog walks with me every single day during (laughs) the winter, during the pandemic. Well, I, I appreciate that. I've, I've, I don't know how I got here either. Um, I, uh, I found my way into, uh, the lives of a lot of people who, um, you know, were just kind of in a similar spot as I was. And that was like, what the fuck is going on and how do I get out of this? And, um, I just never thought there was any harm in asking questions and keep bringing people on and keep talking about it. And it kind of gave me a level of sanity uh, in a time where there was definitely, I felt like zero sanity and, uh, um, you know, for a lot of people and by sounds of it, you as well, Carla, uh, it gave you something to hold on to. but as much as I gave you guys something, uh, all the message that came the other way kind of gave me enough to, uh, endure some of the things that came my way and, and keep, you know, putting some things out because for a little while there, it was, I don't think insane is the right word, but I can't think of a better one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just getting more insane. Can you give us a little bit of a backstory on sure. your podcast? Cause I, I know what it started out as is not necessarily uh, what it is today. So give us a story about Sean, Sean Newman wants to start a podcast and, and what was your show going to be about? Well, I'll try and uh, I always have guests come on. I'll say, I'll try and keep it brief, but I'll I'll try and give you the story (laughs) so people can get a feel for who I am. But uh, I'm a small town kid, grew up on a farm in in small town, Saskatchewan. And uh, growing up, played hockey all my life. So I got to play uh, across Canada, into the States, uh, across in Europe. And I don't want to, you know, fill anyone's head full of smoke. I wasn't uh, anywhere near the NHL, but I did get to travel and play the game I love. And along the way, when I was closing in on the end of that career, I was like, okay, what do I want to do when I'm done? And I wasn't one that wanted, you know, I tried, you know, a few different things, uh, scouting and camps and different things in the hockey world. But the thing that I really enjoyed was radio. And so I talked to, you know, go back to 2012, I talked to just a ton of people in the industry and they all said something along the lines of, um, you're going to get paid like shit. You got to be willing to move anywhere and you got to be the best. You don't want this occupation. It's, you know, go, go home and you know, whatever, blah, blah. And they talked me out of it. And I, I've never taken any uh, ill will to that. I think they were trying to protect me from like, um, 
hard work or, you know, disappointment or whatever it is. Um, the thing I laugh about now is like to be good at anything, you, you're going to get paid like shit at the start. Uh, you, you're going to have to probably move around. There's few occupations such as uh, podcasting. And yet I find myself on the road a ton. And then you got to be the best. Like, I mean, I think we all strive to do that in our given occupation. So like all that stuff when I was younger, I just didn't fully understand. So that steered me away from, from radio which maybe in the long scheme of things was the best thing that happened to me. I'm not sure. Uh, so then I worked in the oil field for um, this year would have been 10, 10, 11 years. And uh, in 2018, I've heard my, I've heard my first podcast. Um, and don't judge me for that. There's a ton of people who knew about podcasts well before that, but I heard my first one and it was just like a light bulb. I was just like, this is, I can do this. Like I may be shitty at it, but I can do this. And so, <laughs> Um, the first one I ever did, like not the first one, I just, I was sitting in a, in a, in a meeting, um, for my own, for Baker Hughes, I was working for Baker Hughes at the time. And so I was sitting in a meeting and I just, I wasn't uh, like the room could have been gone. All I was thinking about was, I think I could do this show. And I think, and I'm like writing down notes and I'm not doing anything to do with oil field or sales or anything. I'm just like writing down notes. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. And then I pull up my phone and, uh, you know, you got your voice memos and I did a voice memo. I just kind of did like, um. A promo, if you will, and sent it to this book club we'd formed and said, what do you guys think of this? And uh, I was terrified to do that in the beginning. And they came back and were just like, yeah, this is a solid idea. You should do this. So fast forward to 2019. Um, uh, one of the guys in the book club, Ken Rutherford, had helped me create a studio because we both agreed if you're going to have people in, it can't just be two mics. Um, take the time, build something that it, if you're going to do in person, um, when they leave, they go, man, that was a cool experience. And he had a studio. I'm like, I never saw that. But don't get your heads full of anything just yet. We built a studio in the basement of an old house. It was about two miles out of town that I would take guests out to in the middle of winter. And I swear, if you didn't know me, you'd think I was taking you out to kill you because it was just like, what is this? There was a guy who <laughs> lived up top and and he rented the top and the basement was, was, uh, an office. And then in the office, there was this old storage room that used to be full of mouse poo. And we cleaned it all up and turned it into something that kind of resembles what I'm in now. And that's where I didn't podcast for the first, um, well, right before COVID hit actually, actually when COVID, you know, came down. And so the first four guests, I mean, to give you an idea was Ken Rutherford, very good friend, helped me build the studio. And then my guest backed out. So my dad hopped on and I got, and my dad, and then the <laughs> audio guy at the time who helped me set up the mics and everything was like, yeah, you can't just record anyone. And I'm like, fuck that. I can get on the mic. And so it was my dad, uh, my, a good friend, my dad and the audio guy were my first three guests. Now, fast forward, um, a hundred episodes. Um, uh, and one of the things that in my brain, I'd, I really, I knew would work was consistency. I was just like, every week I'm going to release an episode. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care if I have kids during this. I don't care if I get sick. I don't care. You get the point. And so mm -hmm. that's what happened. I recorded an episode every week. And uh, by episode 100, I had Ron McLean and, and well, Theo Fleury and Brian Burke. And um, by episode 110, it was Don Cherry and Jay Onright. And like all the hockey world was, I was finding a way to them all. And uh, um but I never called it grassroots hockey or something like that because I knew deep down that eventually I wanted to pivot into, uh, um, 
other things that I enjoyed. I'm a history major. Uh, I biked across Canada in 20, uh, 2006. Like I just, there's a lot more to a person than their occupation, if you will. And so that's a long way about how I first got into it. Uh, Carly, you tell me where you want me to go. Well, and then by the time I found you, you were bringing on all kinds of people that were getting canceled. All of a sudden, you had some controversial guests, guests that had uh, a, a lot of heat behind them, people uh, with a lot of notoriety. Um, that that was a hard pivot from from the hockey guys, from your dad, from the audio guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny to think about, but yeah, I mean. Um... Well, I think for a lot of us, you know, there was a time uh, between the summer of 2020 and the summer of 2021, because I, I was a late bloomer. You know, I, I interviewed some people and they knew about it summer 2020. They were like, this is bullshit. And I'm like, I don't I wouldn't put me there. Um, but certainly by the end of summer 2021, I was like, what are we doing? And mm -hmm. I kind of drug my feet for a long time uh, at the beginning of 2021. You know, I was talking about hockey. I was talking about this. I was, you know, I did Braden Holtby. Um, he's from my hometown. He, he uh, Stanley cup winner with the Washington capitals. And I did him in the bubble when the NHL had their, their bubble in Edmonton and you know, nobody was allowed. And so it, it was an interesting podcast. Right. But at the time I remember just thinking like, this is fucking crazy. Right. Like, like anyways, it's so, it got to the point of uh, we'd been meeting um, since December 2020. Uh, there been meetings going on in people's barns and, you know, just like different halls, uh, they pop up and we're going to these. So like quietly on the podcast, I was, you know, or maybe on the podcast, I wasn't talking about COVID. I, I was just talking about life and whatever and hockey and good stories. But in my other life, quietly, we were going to all these meetings and talking about like, what is going on? And why aren't we allowed to go see your family during Christmas and, and things like this. Right. And it just, it just came to a head. It came to a head summer 2021. Um, we had a doctor coming in to speak. Uh, and I listened to him and I went, you need to come on the podcast, what you need to do. You just, you just, his name was Andrew Liebenberg and he was from South Africa. He's a young guy, forties, didn't have his, um, he wasn't a, a citizenship yet. So you can imagine him talking out what he stood to lose. And as it stands, I'm quite sure, you know, and it's funny as I sit here and I should reach out to him, but I'm pretty sure he's back in South Africa right now. And he came on and sat in the studio and pretty much shook for two hours as he talked about how doctors should uh, um, stand behind the four pillars of, you know, healthcare. And, and he said in my word, in my thought, nothing controversial, but watching him uh, just shake. visibly shake, like he was terrified to say anything. Well, mm -hmm. how do you see that and then change? And then the one mm -hmm. that really slam dunked it, because I did do a few more after him that were, you know, kind of here and there and whatever was Roger Hodkinson. He came in the studio, you know, now we had this group for kids sake that was bringing in these speakers. And, uh, anytime I got a man, I'm like, well, let's do it on the podcast. I'm like, we can get, you know, even if people can't make it, we'll get 200 people in a room or 150 people in a room and it's great. But on the podcast, 
now you're talking to whoever wants it. And if they enjoy it, they just share it and it'll spread like wildfire. And geez, didn't we see that from a lot of different platforms over the course of COVID? So Roger Hodkinson basically yelled at me for an hour and, and basically said, you know, you gotta, <laughs> st- you gotta stop two-stepping this. Like you can't dance, like you either, you just gotta sometimes just walk right into it. And, um, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, for the rest of Roger Hodkinson's interview, I can't really remember much, but those words really resonated with me. And after that, it was like, okay. And after that, it was like a hard 180. And I didn't talk anything but COVID for probably like close to a hundred episodes. Like it was just like, we're going to talk to this. And it culminated in going to Ottawa. Uh, and, and I think for most people, the trip to Ottawa was like, yes, this is it. Like this makes sense. So this pivot kind of, it started off as a way for you to do some sense making. You're like, what is going on in the world? I just need to hear the other side because clearly we weren't hearing the other side. You were kind of hearing it in private with these meetings, starting to get inklings that something was going on. And you're like, hey, I have this show. (laughs) I have a great opportunity to bring on the other side so I can actually maybe hear some some different opinions because yeah just something something doesn't feel right I mean the whole world felt that the everybody in the back room was talking you know if if eight to ten people got vaccinated which is roughly where it was in Alberta maybe a little higher maybe a little lower it doesn't matter it's somewhere in that range those same eight to ten people would sit in the back room these are grown men and talk to them and they'd be like yeah, this doesn't make sense. And one by one, they get vaccinated and their brain would go off and they wouldn't talk about it anymore. So one of the things about doing on the podcast was it gave me the avenue to talk to people who were still like, this doesn't make any sense. And they were smarter than me. I have no doubt about that. Like they, you know, these are doctors and lawyers and professors and people who are studying this from abroad and like very, very smart people. And I just asked them really simplistic questions because I was just trying to grasp at it. And once I started to understand like, okay, I, I kind of get what's going on here. It made sense to watch uh, tons of friends and family talk one way about it one day. And then the next day can be completely the other side and not want to even broach the subject. And like, you're going crazy and whatever else. And you're like, I don't think so. Like, I just, I just don't, I, I think you've made your choice and now you're just moving on to the next thing. And, and that's what I witnessed over and over again. The podcast just came back over and over uh, as just like a lifeline. Like Daniel Smith's elected in Alberta, right? The day mm-hmm. Jason Kenney said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, I had her on the show after like maybe half an hour after he said that. And I got people freaking out. And when I bring her on, everybody thinks she's going to say, yep, go get vaccinated. And instead she doesn't. And that just, you know, like blew up. I, I, I hate to use words like that, but you can imagine tons of people were thinking, Oh, here's Sean. He's going to finally come to his senses. And instead Sean brings on Daniel Smith, who's now the premier. And she's going, no, I think this is the complete wrong approach. And I'm like, thank you. Right. Like this is anyways, you know, it's hard to think back Carla on the last for sure. Two years for sure. But there was a stretch there of about eight months where it got absolutely bonkers until Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Pe- people lost their minds and there's never been anything so contentious. And I really understand that battle. I, I understand it so well because I was really slow out of the gates. 
I was at home making sourdough bread, watching Tiger King, and like, this isn't so bad. We just gotta, we gotta wait this out. We're fine. My husband got like $5,000 worth of bud and he like stocked up just in case like they were gonna run out for some reason. Guy doesn't even drink a lot. I found that hilarious. And, but, you know, right from the start, he was like, this doesn't make sense. He's just a real, he's a math guy. He's logic and numbers right from the start. He was like, this doesn't make sense. And I would get so angry at him. I was like, you know, shut up, Dan. They're just doing their best. Of course, it's messy. It's a pandemic. And, and we would argue about this and he'd get more and more frustrated. And I was like, no, like, this is great. It's like a little mini vacation. We're at home making a gronies, making bread. What's the big deal? This is in the beginning. And then I had a friend that started going down the same rabbit holes you did. A really, really smart friend, really well-educated. And she started getting really freaked out. And I was like, oh man, my poor friend, she's lost her mind. I'll help her, <laughs> I'll help her. So I started talking with her a lot and slowly but surely she started like just asking me really, really common sense questions that I couldn't answer well. And it chipped away and it chipped away at me. And then I ended up meeting one of these doctors that was actually on your show. I won't say who traveling across Canada, cardiologist. And he, he ended up staying with my in-laws at their bed and breakfast. And he said, never take this. And he gave me and my whole family ivermectin instead. And he's like, take this instead. You'll be totally fine. He's like, you probably don't even need this. And I was like, oh man, like when these guys are saying that they need to do things under the table and they have credentials way above anything that like my GP has. And he's saying that like, he's gonna get fired if he does this. I'm like, what is going on? So I didn't really want to wake up, but all these things kept happening and people kept showing up, um, you know, and then they went after the kids. Then my kids started coming home from school saying that they didn't need us to sign anything to get this experimental <laughs> injection. And I was like, wait, what? And my brain just short circuited in that moment. And then I went full steam into, I, I spent a whole year doing nothing but freedom fighting, helping the convoy, helping different political organizations, different grassroots organizations. And it's all I could think about during that year and that's when i was listening to your show and that's when i found you at the convoy and yeah i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but just got swept away because well, once well, you start chipping away at it you you got to figure out what's going on well and everybody has their line for a lot of mama bears uh you do anything and same for dads i i think you know you do anything to protect your family so when they said line up take a shot and never we'll move on with life um, I fully understand why a lot of people are like, oh, that, that totally makes sense. Uh, when they started doing some weird things around kids, there was, you could see every parent start to think about like, that doesn't make sense. And I, I, I equate it to people, uh, you know, the, it doesn't matter if you love, hate guns, but, uh, the, what the, the government's trying to do with guns, right. The, the buyback program. Alberta balked it. And then in the last, you know, what has it been? Three weeks, 
five other provinces have now balked it, right? So you got like this little coalition forming. And I'm like, if it can happen at the highest form, the same thing can happen at the lowest form. And the lowest form is, you know, like uh, just the individual person. And I don't mean it as low as anything. Uh, I just mean like the simplest form, right? So when you come back, there's so many of us that have the same thought, right? Like when it comes to kids in school or, you know, when you talk about them uh, uh, having kids be able to consent, right? Like we all read that. We're all like, that doesn't make any sense. Just nobody was willing to like, Back then, and maybe even now, maybe I'm just a little bit immune to it uh, because, you know, after you've had, and I just laugh when I think about this, but Peter McCullough came on, just a side little short story here. Peter McCullough came on and I wanted him to calm down everybody running to uh, the vets stores and everything, getting uh, horse ivermectin. Like I literally was like brought him on and uh, I was going to bring it up and I thought for sure Peter McCullough was going to go, you know what? Don't take horse ivermectin. And he did the complete fucking opposite on me and was like, actually, orsivermectin's uh perfectly fine. You got to get your doses right because blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm spreading orsivermectin. Like, what am I doing? Right. Like, fuck. Um, You're like, I'm going to be canceled for sure. Oh, like, oh, man. I, 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 you know, and I'm like, but that's why I asked the question. Right. Because, you know. I live with cattle people and they're like, of course you can take horse ivermectin, you dummy. And I'm like, sure, sure. Right. And they all understood. And I'm like, I'm just like, there's going to be some poor uh, guy who goes now and like takes the bottle and just, you know, and just cause himself a world of hurt, you know, because I heard some crazy stories on that side too. Um, but I come all the way back and it's, it's like uh, people like sticking your head up right now is uh I think it's easier because everybody's waiting for somebody to do it and more and more people are doing it. So it's easier to be, see like, oh, there is a, a group of people here, a tribe or an army or whatever you want to call it. Um, but in those early days, nobody wanted to do it because you were seeing doctors get picked off. You know, like I remember interviewing Julie Panassi and her, like a professor talking about ethics and she's gone. And you're like, like anyone who stands up against this is gone. And I'm not saying it's easy right now, just that there's enough of a wave push, like enough of a pushback and you can feel it. You can see it. There's so many people talking about it. It's like, yeah, they're going to come yell at you, but they're going to yell at you anyway. So you might as well uh, mm -hmm. stick to your guns, find out what you actually believe in, draw your line somewhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the same as mine or Carla's. Just draw it somewhere. Like this is the line. They can't come across it. And when it gets touched, you'll feel it. And then you have a, you have this moment of where, shit now what and that's that's a tough question because um once your line's been touched or brazed or ran over it's like well what do you do now because there's no like you know so many of us i don't know did you have a line before all this went on before they came after your kids carl i mean my line has always been i guess integrity and honesty like i don't have problems talking about uncomfortable issues and i think it stems back from actually just teaching yoga i never understood why people would have like a physical pain and wouldn't do anything about it i'm like no you gotta you can do this and this and this and then it'll feel better and it might be like temporarily more uncomfortable and it'll be work but then like you'll be good and i never understood why people wouldn't just like sit with the pain address the pain make it better 
And that's kind of the way I am with like coaching or podcasting. I'm like, nothing's off the table to talk about. So I guess my line was actually, my line was that there was no conversation. That's why I had to start a podcast. There was no conversation allowed. You weren't allowed to talk about the things that were uncomfortable. And when it came to my kids, I I didn't come in guns a blazing. I wrote really intelligent, kind and respectful emails to teachers, principals, school board members, politicians with like links to like evidence and not just like crappy evidence like medical journals and I'm like here are my concerns. Can you show me your evidence because this is what I'm seeing. Can you please show me your evidence that saying that my kids need to get this in order to go to school. Um, Cause I was really scared at that point that they were going to make them just to go to school. And I was met with dead silence on like, no one would engage with me. And then when I started going on this platform and being louder about it or on social channels, I couldn't like I got some heat. I remember in like the early days dropping into a mom's group saying, they don't stop transmission. And the women came at me, hundreds of them just attacking me, calling me stupid, that I'm a bad person. I must hate their disabled children. Like they just like, wow. And I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, I should drop back in there again and just leave a little ha. <laughs> I was right from day one, y'all. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, my, my line is just integrity and everyone in government and in public health are completely out of integrity. And that really burns my bridges. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I know so many people that, uh, you know, work in the nursing profession or, uh, doctors or, you know, and I just, even government now, you know, like being around that, uh, oh, that, that murky world. And, uh, I, I might be naive to think, but I just go, I don't think they're all bad people. I just don't. I think the system is set up in a way that, uh, somehow or other, there's a lot of pressure put on all those people from somewhere above and it just comes down and they, you know, uh, they're probably just like a, a lot of people just want to show up nine to five and not have to make the hard choice. And, or, you know, a, yeah. a couple of times, I mean, like for Alberta nurses in particular, right? Like if you didn't get vaccinated, you lost your job, you know, like th that was mm -hmm. to me, I, I just, you know, I go back to that. You know, I had, a, I had a email yeah. come on a Thursday saying you need to be vaccinated by it was about a week. And if you didn't, uh, you were terminated, right? Like, um, and I didn't think it was going to bother me that much because at this time I'm like, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't got reached out to just tell, you know, cease and desist what you're doing on the podcast, to be honest. And yeah. Yet it like, I can joke about it now, but that weekend, like, I swear to God, I had like heart attack system symptoms. Like, I mean, pain in my shoulder, heart, like I didn't sleep that well. I don't know what the heck was going on, but it was stress. Like when I look back at it, it's so easy to address. It was like, I was stressed mm -hmm. fuck out. It's like, I'm about to get mm -hmm. released from my job for something I don't want to do. And 
nobody will sympathize with that. There was nothing we could do. I reached out to a, a lawyer and he didn't even get back to me. He's just like, you're just not going to win. And I'm like, like, that was our, that was our system at that point. Like it's. Yep. It's and crazy. that's what I mean by out of integrity. I don't mean if someone had a different opinion than me or if someone loved the vaccine or believed in it or was giving it even. That's not the part that's out of integrity for me. Mm. It's how mm. terribly we were treated. It's with the zero conversation, calling people stupid or ignorant or saying that, oh, well, if you don't get this, it must mean that like you hate people who are immunocompromised. Like it was, that's what was really out of integrity for me, right? Like it was a vicious attack and it didn't, and facts didn't matter. Facts didn't, we had facts. <laughs> so I don't know that that's what really riled me up and they just didn't let anybody talk. I mean, they're still, they're still not letting anybody talk. It, the, the big difference is, uh, it's just so evident that they're not letting anyone talk, right? Like, um, you're seeing different shows such as yourself, myself, they're just popping up everywhere because people are tired of nobody being able to talk about what's, you know, um, part of the agenda or what's going on, right? Like, People just want to know. And then they want to make, you know, like one of the, I, I really believe in people, I guess. I, I, I have a lot of faith that human beings are, are naturally good, um, can think for themselves, don't want the worst for, uh, you know, uh, other people. Like they just, you know. And so somewhere along the line, though, the message from up top was like, you can't trust people. We got to we got to nudge them this way because they'll never do what's right. You know, like we got to we, we got to pump them full of fear and everything else, because if we don't, they won't do this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, actually, that's probably not true whatsoever. If you gave us all the opportunity to actually hear what the actual problem is, we'd probably solve mm -hmm. it. That That's probably what we would do. I could be wrong on mm -hmm. that, but that, I mean, that's what I, I think. So let's move away from COVID because that was like your first big pivot, but now <laughs> you've opened up the doors to, you've had some amazing podcasts on, on climate change, on politics, on religion, um, all these things that are also contentious issues. Was there something about COVID in particular that opened up the door for you or you're like, I think I need to talk about this other stuff. Is there, is there a connection? Is there like, are you, like you said, like you're, you're trusting people and that there's, there's not actually like sinister agenda going on, but it definitely opened up a doorway to like these other, these other areas. What are you seeing? Um, so I would say that COVID, uh, made me realize I have thicker skin than, uh, I care to, to believe like I, I, I want to walk in a room and I want to be able to shake hands with 50 people. And I, I want to, you know, not have an uncomfortable air because of any guest I've had on, but no matter what I did, I couldn't make, I couldn't appease everyone. Um, I offended people all the way through it. And so I just was like, I think what we've done wrong here is instead of talking about the hard issues, like we are, but only from one slant and even from the slant, like one very narrow viewpoint, right? There's one solution. Mm -hmm. This is it. 
and this is what we need to do. And we're going to do this, whether you want to come along or not, we're going to pump at you full of whatever in order to make you buy into this. That was COVID, right? There was no, let's look at what the other countries are doing. Let's look at Mexico, Brazil, et cetera, not Brazil, Mexico and India, sorry. Um, and uh, so that was COVID for me. And coming off COVID, I mean, geez, there's still stuff going on. As we know, the inquiry is happening in Ottawa right now. And uh, certainly uh, there's other odd things that are still in the system from uh, all the mandates and everything that was put in. So when I kind of came back after a two-month hiatus, I just went, okay, there's a lot of things that need to be talked about. <laughs> You're going to piss everybody off no matter what, right? So let's mm -hmm. just talk about them. And uh, I try not, uh, I try really hard not to be like, well, I believe and you need to believe because I, I, I don't know that. If somebody finds somebody that's a really good guest they want me to bring on, I try. Um, because I want to mm -hmm. hear everybody out. I think that's the best way we get to a solution faster. Um, I look at the world is full of problems. Let's just solve the problems and we got a better world. Like it, it's pretty simple. So why nuclear? Well, look at what's going on in Europe. I mean, <laughs> why why green or you know why why climate change? Why nuclear? Why these topics? Because I look at what's going on in in Ukraine, and I go like I I don't even think I can begin to tell you who's good and bad in that. I don't even want to. I just know people are suffering. That that's what I look at. I look at what's mm -hmm. coming down the pipe for all of us though, and it's like it's not good. And we got all these uh, agendas put in no different than COVID that says, we're going to have one solution. This is it. You're going to follow it. And the only people who are going to get hurt out of that are all of us, Carla. We're all going to get screwed on it. So like mm -hmm. uh, for me, the, the podcast, and I hope I'm doing it justice here in a roundabout way. The reason why I uh, switched was, um, so I did about a hundred in, in COVID. And then after I'd done all my things and looking at it, I went, the only way I think we move ahead is through politics. And so for the next, you know, it wasn't every single one, but for a good chunk, I interviewed five of the seven candidates for the UCP in Alberta. I mean, they just had an election, right? And whoever wins that is going to automatically be de facto leader of a province for seven months. I'm like, this is insane. Huge opportunity for somebody. Obviously, having Danielle Smith run and knowing her through all this, I was like, well, this is interesting. I should keep my, my finger on this. And so that was the next iteration of the podcast, if you will. Danielle Smith mm -hmm. elected. And I think uh, for all of Canada, that's a great thing. Uh, you can love or hate what she says, but I don't see how, you know, in, in the United States, if, if you absolutely hated COVID, you still had Texas and Florida escape to and some other problem, uh, states. In Canada, we had nowhere. And everyone can say Saskatchewan and Alberta were better, but we still had lockdowns. We still had vax mandates. We still had undercover cops going around and finding businesses. Like, it was insane. So I think mm -hmm. uh, with the podcast, I'm trying to follow what's meaningful. Like, what is going to impact me, meaning you. And so uh, with Alberta politics, I did that because I looked at it as, like, this is going to be huge. And it is. You're already seeing that Danielle Smith talking about um, no more lockdowns and, you know, uh, just acknowledging that what went on in the last couple of years was insane. Even if people hate her for talking about it, it's true. And so to me, that was important. Now, uh, climate change, like, man, it is getting rammed down our throat and I'm just like, okay, so is it real or isn't it? And then the more yeah, people, we've been here to, 
Yeah. And more people I talk to, it just keeps coming back to it's one narrow solution. And that's the way they're Mm going to push forward. They've already got all their billions into it. And we need to keep talking about it because if I'm going to try and um, stand up against whatever the next iteration of a problem is, I need to understand what I'm even fighting. Because for COVID, you know, at times I I still didn't know what the heck I was doing at the end of it. I was kind of in a dark room just swinging at the air because I was just like, how do I get out of this place? Right. And then the mm-hmm. truckers drove through the wall and I was like, oh, there, there's the, the way out. You know, I hope that answers it. I'm, I'm getting a pretty good sense from you that your your desire is just to tell like a well-rounded conversation. You want to have both sides. But I think you're in this place where I am as well. In order to actually tell both sides, we actually just kind of need to tell one side because it's the side that's not being told at, at all. all. Like my great awakening and if everyone could just stop at this level i would be so happy if people just realized that mainstream media lies to us that mainstream media is often propaganda like just turn off the news if we could just stop there i would be so happy like it's it's unfortunate that it's gotten to that state but yeah just that realization that okay most of our major publications are all telling only one narrative. Who are they funded by? What? Why are they telling the exact same story? Why are none of them telling the other side, even in terms of like politics? Like the CBC will never critique the liberal government. They will only critique conservatives and you'll never see an unbiased interview. Um, like just like, and all the liberals are like, well, good. We don't need to listen to them anyways. And <laughs> that's a problem. Like we need to be able to have conversations with everyone. Like I know before the last two years, I was one of those people. I was like, oh man, he voted conservative. He must hate homeless people. Like it was so binary. I had no idea, no idea. And now like, thank God I'm in this place now where I feel like I can see clearly and I'm not just riding the pendulum swing, right? Like from the liberals being swung over to the conservatives. Like, I feel like I'm actually in a place where I can just like see, but in order to balance the pendulum, honestly, we have to tell these, I'm using air quotes, like right-winged ideas right now. Cause that is what kind of brings us back in the middle. Cause we've gone so far cuckoo land over to the left lately. Yeah, I'm glad you can see. You can maybe see for all of us then, because I, I, at times I'm still muddled. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it's why I keep bringing people on. It's why I love what I do because I get to talk to people, even such as yourself, Carla, and I just get to sit and throw at some things. Uh, you know, like uh, Jordan Peterson's one of his famous things is is to think is to risk being offensive, and it's like yeah. And then to speak, it is like, you know, like I don't have all the answers. Do I want to talk to all sides? Yeah. But I don't think all sides want to talk to me anymore. You know, like they, they view me as, um, a right wing conspiracy (laughs) guy. Yeah. And I'm just like, nah, you know, if, if there's, there's one thing I think I can, I can hold on to over the past, since I started the podcast is, I'm still the same guy. I've just interviewed, you know, 300 plus people now. And I just have a little more of an understanding of how some things in the world work, but I still put uh, family first, you know, uh, like 
I, I never want to get to a place where I, I lose what's dearest to me. And that's, that's, you know, you got to take care of yourself. But after that comes my, my wife and my kids and like, none of that's changed in three years. Right. The, the reason I, I sat and did all these podcasts and talked and well, was as much for me as it was for anyone else so that I could better inform my family on what I, what we should do moving forward. And right now I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. the same thing. It's, it's selfish, but in the same sense, um, people get to ride along with me and, and hear, you know, uh, different guests come on and I hope I do it a good justice, but like, I, I don't know, I haven't changed it. I don't think I've changed a stitch other than, uh, I've got a tooth in my mouth now, you know, when I, for your listeners, when I first started, I was missing a front giblet, like, I'm sure I look like just, you know, Daniel Smith used to tease me about it because I mean, like, here's this hockey guy trying to have a go at radio slash, you know, television, I guess, you know, as these podcasts, a lot of the video goes out now and I had, I had no teeth, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of funny in, in, in hindsight. I mean, you're, you're doing what we all need to be doing, which is putting our values over a need to be perceived a certain way or putting our values before um, belonging in a certain identity group, because this is where we actually lose our humanness is when we're like, well, I am a liberal. So whatever the liberals do, like I'm on board, or I am a conservative. And they make that mean something about them more than who they are. And that's where we're, that's why we're in the pickle that we're in. You know, you hear things like, well, I trust science why 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 is that is that because people are so busy is it because of social media why is that the people resonate with uh liberals or conservatives or whatever the division is but they you know vax unvax um i don't know climate versus anti-climate i mean i'm sure there's some you know uh why do people go to that instead of like figuring themselves out and and then just trying to be like well actually i don't believe in all yeah i don't know why is that i mean people are tribal i was watching um a nature show yesterday and they were showing the one wolf that was like pushed out of the pack and that one wolf really has to struggle to survive if she's not a part of the pack and i think that's like really built into us like oh my god if i am alone i'm not gonna survive and i think like it might seem silly like when I think about like the podcasting realm and speaking our truth and we were outcasted from the pack and that was a scary place, at least for me to be in at first, right? Okay. I've just lost all my friends and all my customers and all my clients and all my social media followers. I guess I'm all alone. I got to figure out how to like survive as the lone wolf and not many people want to do that as so we do that to ourselves. And then there's always the question, is that being done to us? And that's where like the conspiracy brain can get all crazy, right? But definitely if if people aren't, we would be a really big problem in Canada if we actually united as Canadians, which is exactly what happened at the convoy, which is why it was such a problem and why they needed to beat everybody up. Cause that is what we did. Liberals, conservatives, you for like for heck we had we had quebecers and albertans getting along like that that's a huge problem you had people of every race every religion like no we're putting all that aside and we're just uniting on our values that is so strong 
And it's so much better if they can have us bickering and fighting about politics and religion or gender issues or whatever the thing is, because divided, we are weaker. So here's uh, definitely divided. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, here's the weird one for you then, because I, I hear lots of people who lost fr their friend circle, um, family, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Certainly, I have some people who no longer talk to me. But when I when I sat back and thought about it for some time, I'm like, well, I only interacted with them very briefly, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, the difference I have over, I feel like a lot of people is, you know, I got tons of my friends, maybe all of them, to be honest, which is funny to say out loud when I think about it. They're all vaccinated now. Not maybe not all of them. I would say majority of them. Are. They lose a single one. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't. And we had some, I had some interesting conversations through that. It's not to say I didn't have conversations with them, but that's one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I don't know why I came through it different than everyone else. Other than like when I came on here, I was, you know, I'm no different. You know, when I get behind this, um, let's talk, let's talk about anything. You get me in person. I'm the same way but only if you want to, because if you don't, then there's no point in me broaching it, I guess. I, I, I don't know, but I, I like best friend vaccinated, still great friends. We have, you know, and we had some interesting chats that, that were pretty heated, let's say. And yet mm -hmm. here we are standing on the other side. And I, I don't know. I, I, I hear a ton of people that just they flip their their friend circle over where I'm pretty sure I flip my listener circle over. That's not true. And if I got some listeners who who followed along <laughs> and came here for this one, there's been a, a ton that have followed me right through everything. But there was a ton that flipped completely over. I guess I just go, I don't know why everybody had to lose everyone that was around their circle. Mm hmm. Maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe you have a pretty good circle of like hockey guy friends and they're like, nah, we don't actually care. <laughs> maybe they're more easygoing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it is a guy thing. I I don't know. I, I don't have the answer, right? I just never stopped mm -hmm. talking to any one of them. I, 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 uh, I definitely did not agree with all of them. And I thought some of them were complete and utter morons. But I don't know. I, I mm -hmm. it's interesting. Anyways, I don't mean to bog us down there. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't have any. I don't have hate for people. I think everyone everyone just kind of lost their minds there for a little bit. So you're in this new place now, this more open place where you're like, I'm just gonna see what shows up for me. What what's showing up for Sean Newman these days? It's strange. Um, I was saying to before we started, you know, like uh. Oh, uh, so my love of uh, radio has put me in this, like I've stared at politics or like serve public services, I call it, you know, like uh, serving people as like very high, I guess. Like, so I've, I've kind of like followed it for a little bit, not like politics, just like to be on a council, to be on a board, to you know, get the point. So anyways, as I get interviewing more, obviously politics has kind of presented itself to me and I've, I've stared at it. And so like this morning I had a, uh, before I even hopped on, I had a message about, you know, would you be willing to run for this position? And within like two minutes I had, a, and I haven't even followed up on either one. Cause I, um, kind of got to just take some time to think about either one. Right. So you got one that's like, why don't you 
drop what you're doing and go run for politics. You'd be great at it. And then I got another one that says, why don't you come write for us? We'd love to hear your thoughts. And, you know, when you talk about going with the flow of life, you know how, if you go back to where we started this conversation, some of it has been flow. Some of it, I swear I'm swimming upstream trying to fight the flow. You know, like, I, I don't know I, where I'm sitting today is like somebody once said, man, one podcast a week, that must be tough. Like, how do you find guests and everything? Well, I'm doing five a week right now and I have no issue. Like I just, it just, they're just bursting forth. It's more like making sure there's something that Carla and other people want to hear. It's probably the biggest thing. Um, it's the other opportunities that are really thought provoking, confusing, maybe a bunch of those all mixed in together because it's like, I really enjoy this. I like being on your side. I like having Carla on my show, right. And picking your brain and, and learning and, I never want to stop learning. I want to, I want to continue to like evolve that way, I guess, in a sense. And like, just bring on really smart people that talk about their experiences. And because there's so much, there's so many nuggets in all of that, that we all need and can help, you know, maybe I hit nobody on your podcast. Maybe I hit one person and we both know that's all it takes. Like you just need one. And that's what happened with so many guests that came on mine. It was really cool to watch. And some of them hit me and some of them didn't hit me and they'd hit other people. So right now, I don't know that if you, you'd know, you'd, you get more of an elegant way of, of saying this, or you, maybe you can articulate it better, but sometimes when you slow down and just stare at what's coming in, you can start to see opportunities that are presenting themselves. And I'm at a little bit of a crossroads because, um, I've been doing the Western standard round tables. Now this week will be number seven and I'm, I'm doing them for eight of them. So I have eight, so two left to go. So two weeks little, honestly, like 10 days and then they're done. And, you know, I got to go talk to uh, the guy who runs Western standard. And I just, I don't know if I want to do them. <laughs> it sounds hilarious to say out loud because like, it's a huge, mm -hmm. not a huge platform, but it's a big platform, right. That I'm a part of. And if I continue to work at it, I could probably be really good at. It. And I just, I don't know if that's what I want to do. And I, I, I don't know. The, the flow of life is like, Sometimes the universe will do things where it's just, you cannot ignore it. And mm -hmm. sometimes when I try and force my hand is where I put myself in these situations where I'm kind of like, Hmm, do I even want to be here? And so some, I'm almost waiting for the universe to just kind of like, be like, no, this is probably where you should go. And I'm just, I'm just kind of waiting right now, or maybe uh, I'm, I'm drifting along in the flow because I mean, like uh, I got fantastic interviews coming up. It really excited for it. Um, but there's other things at play that I just, I don't even know what to do with. Does that make at all sense? It does. And um, I think it's both. And like, I've, I've always done workshops on Dharma dharma like fulfilling your purpose and in like these old books they talk about like what's the path being laid out for you and what's confusing about that path is sometimes it's easy it's like you get the perfect phone call at the perfect time the right person comes in and just like doors fly open for you and it's super clear and you're like well i guess i should do this and i'm excited to do this and i like this so perfect so there's that and that's wonderful when it happens but then there's this other thing that also happens where there's like something within you that wants to come out 
and your brain's like, I don't want to do it. Don't make me do that. I don't want to do it. Like for me, it was speaking out. Brain was like, heart was like, do it. Brain was like, no, 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 no. And I have learned through the years and I shared with you this book, um, we should maybe lead into the story about how we met too, where I've just made a conscious decision to surrender to the flow of life. What's going to come up. And sometimes it's really easy and fun things. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable things, but I know now from experience, you just keep saying yes to what's showing up for you. I mean, it, it requires a certain level of self-trust, right? Is this actually something shitty that's going to be a lot of work and a waste of time that i shouldn't do or it like you only you will know that right it's there's yeah. a deep inner yeah. knowing and so like when the when the convoy happened i got this phone call out of the blue from people i had never met and they're like hey do you want to help the the trucking for freedom crew they need they need help and i was like yep no idea like what i was doing no idea who these people were like just said yes that led to like me meeting all kinds of amazing people that led to all kinds of different work opportunities led to the podcast like things just kind of started spiraling once i kind of got out of my own way and what i had planned and i just said yes um and it's funny because now all these like i don't know sean the beginning like a couple years ago i would have said nothing's wrong and then I went from nothing's wrong to, mm, I think there's some political corruption. And then I moved from political corruption to there's, they're really dumb. I think, I think they're just really dumb. And then I moved from that to like, nope, there's something sinister going on. And I keep creeping my way up to maybe it's conspiratorial. I don't know. But all I got to say is being in this place where I'm awake to all these things going on, I'm not tanked by it. I'm not tanked, I'm not scared. And the reason I don't feel bad at all, no matter what happens in the world, is because I keep trusting all these things that keep showing up. And I gotta tell you, Sean, there's a lot of good things just like landing in my lap out of nowhere. People, opportunities, connections. And that's pretty exciting, I think, if you just like, if we just like get out of our own way for a little bit. Yeah, getting out of your own way is a good uh, a good point. I gotta, I, I have to uh, say, you mentioned earlier that I don't believe anything sinister is at foot, and although I trust people, uh, I truly think at some point you have to uh, admit, you know, it's either stupidity or something really sinister is at foot. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, um, just finished reading a book, uh, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Ever heard of that? No. Um, interesting, strange story. Anyways, the guy at the end just talks about, uh, reminds me of what a, a hockey player, Ray Ferraro, once told me, but kind of in the book, they say live in the now, and Ray Ferraro would say be where your feet are. And uh, for me, um, part of part of where I'm at is like, uh, part of where I'm at is like, I got young kids and I want to make sure that, uh, I push this as hard as it can go, but not jeopardizing what all the elders tell me in the most precious years. Like you'd never get this back. And so it's like, it's, it, uh, the word that always comes up when I say this is it just comes back to balance. It's like, I can act like I can do seven days a week and I can be, 
on four papers and politics and this and that. But eventually what happens is you spread yourself too thin. And then mm-hmm. one of two things happens. The, the podcast goes away or your family goes away. Or, and I, I mean, there's other things that can happen. And if the podcast goes away and you find a way to do that, uh, what happens then is my enjoyment goes down because this is what gives me enjoyment. And you just see how the spirals. And so uh, getting out of your own way sometimes is just no action is the action. And I sit and I just I haven't heard uh, anything um, that really makes me want to jump up. And. uh when you say, you know, there's something that wants you want to talk about or something along that lines, I forget how you phrased it, but I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about that for a while, right? I talk about different iterations of the podcast. You know, at the beginning, it was just like finding out who you were and community and whatever. The second was, you know, like dabbling in different, you know, I, I got to do really cool stories. And then it was COVID, then it was politics. And right now, I mean, you've already brought it up. I think me and you talked about it for quite some time, but like, um, I call it the universe. Some people call it God. Some people call it whatever. I just see it everywhere. I see people recognizing it, but not wanting to talk about it because for so long we haven't talked about it. But that also scares the shit out of me because I'm like, I, you know, if in the early days of podcasting, um, if I said I wasn't going to talk about two things, it would be religion and politics. And I've knocked off politics because mm-hmm. it's like, it's important. And I, I look at uh, um, religion or, and I go, I, I don't know even how to, like, that's like, it's like, that is a giant among giants, right? How do you talk about such a thing? And it's 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 kind of what I, I've, I've begun doing. You just start, you ask a question in an interview and maybe it leads somewhere, maybe it doesn't. And uh, if people are mm-hmm. following along with the podcast, they're going to see it a little bit more because it's my easy way of like, dipping my big toe in the, in the water just to see how it feels, you know, because Mm -hmm. one of the things that shook me a lot from coming back from Ottawa was a, what I saw, like, and I, I, you know, Ottawa was something, I don't even know how to explain it. Divine. Like, I mean, it just beautiful. Like just, I didn't realize people had that level of humanity. Uh, you talk about Alberta and Quebec, that's bang on. Um, but coming home, which really, still plays with my mind is you get talking to people, very unsuspecting people, Carla, people you'd never think would want to talk about uh, uh, God or the universe or spiritual things. Okay. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, I've known, uh, I've known about a lot of these things for like 20 years. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh yeah. I don't know. I've known. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so why is nobody talking about it? Well, it's, you know, they'll think you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, but, you don't think I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. And now I keep running into those people. I'm like, okay. So they're all sitting out there, all on their islands, not willing to talk about it because they'll th- seem like they're crazy. You feeling like you're catching anything else that we just talked about for an hour? It's called COVID and everybody thought they were on an island and were crazy. I'm like, oh yeah, wait. Like all I see is the same trend happening all over again. Like mm-hmm. just that I now have the experience somewhat to talk about it a little bit. And it makes me super uncomfortable. I don't like talking about it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. And the more people that talk to me about it, the more people are just nodding their head going, yeah, I know. And you're like, okay, so what are we all waiting around for? You know, like, what are we, what's, what's, you know, like, what are we waiting for? We're we just going to sit here and like, I, I don't know, I, but I, I don't have the answers. And when you talk about uh, talking about something or something that wants to get out of it, it's like, oh yeah, well, I've known that for 
six months now, right? Just nobody's like, everybody's like, oh, you can't talk about that. People think you're crazy. It's like, well, people probably already think I'm kind of crazy. So, I mean, what's one more on the old list? <laughs> uh, I find it hard to talk about too. And uh, I haven't been a religious person as an adult. And during the convoy, just a lot of weird things were happening. And all of a sudden, a lot of people around me started talking about those very same things. And I started to feel something in me that was helping me be fearless. Like I was noticing all these, all this darkness, but then I was also seeing and feeling like, we'll just call it light. I was just feeling that. And this kind of brings me to where like, I think it's kind of wild how you and I met because I was listening to your show. I heard you say that you needed a break and you weren't alluding to anything like serious at that point. And I never do this. I don't just send emails to strangers. Like we weren't friends at that point. I didn't know you. I don't just randomly email people. And something in me said, Sean's not in a great place. You need to send him an email and tell him that essentially everything's gonna be right. Like everything's gonna be just fine, that there is this like army of light building and that he's surrounded by it and just like not to worry. Like, I can't remember exactly, it was something like that. And you had answered me and we chatted briefly and then that was it. And then that was it. like a year. And then, <laughs> then six months later, we sit side by side at a, you know, like that's something, when things like that happen, you asked me to come on and I would have said yes anyways, but I was like, no, this should probably happen sooner, Sean, than you think. And I don't know why. I just go, those turn of events or those, you know, series of events don't happen all the time. They just don't. I, I, I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. Like, I have no idea what that is, but I'm curious about it because I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, and I would say I got emails from a ton of people, you know, and I've, one of the things I, I guess I didn't realize, um, by turning off the podcast for that time as I had a, I had people very, like I had some people who were very angry at me, you know, like you're banding us and, and that like tore at me. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to, like, if I fall apart, I'm no good to anyone, you know? Um, but I didn't realize how much of a lifeline it had become for a lot of people. Uh, but I, you know, going to your email, I mean, like, uh, those emails just encapsulated where I was at. And, um, I mean, anything people have heard about Ottawa is absolutely true, right? Like, I mean, most beautiful place, safest place. You know, I listened to the the inquiry going on in Ottawa and people talking about danger. And, and don't get me wrong. I saw that too. You know, like there's there's two sides to it. As beautiful of, a, of it was, <clears throat> one of the stories that I, I think I, I told maybe even on that episode was, was the guy running around with a mask on, yelling at truckers and... Um, you could just tell he hadn't like, you know, looking back on, he hadn't slept in a long time and it was probably to do with the horns and he was probably stressing. He's probably watching the news saying these people are here to, you know, kill and maim everyone. Right. And, uh, he mm -hmm. came and, you know, if I could embody how calm I was when he was yelling at me, I don't think I, I like, I just, I was so happy giddy just sitting there singing Bob Marley, I think, you know, and he comes up and, I just wouldn't let him leave. He wanted to keep leaving. And I just kept pulling him in with like a little snarky remark, but that wasn't that snarky. And I just held my ground. And, um, you know, he was 
absolutely upset because him and his wife just couldn't sleep. And it was because of none of the horns because of a car alarm. Uh, there was two guys with a car alarm that they had hot wired into their car so they could go off as well. And I said, okay, well, I'll go turn that off for you. I got no problem. I'll, I'll get that off for you. And he's like, what? And I said, but it's a deal here. So you got to get something for me. I'm not going to just do something for you. We got to go both ways here. All right. All right. He goes, what do you want? And I went, I just want a bottle of water. Give me a, bo- a bottle of water, bottle of water. So I walked down and talked to these two guys and like, I mean, I just did what I, they would have turned it off for pretty much anyone. Right. But I made them laugh and we had a little thing and they're like, oh yeah, for sure. Turned it off, came back. There was a bottle of water sitting where I was sitting. So he'd obviously, you know, and, um, so I just sat down and didn't think anything of it. And so I'm sitting there having a drink and whatever. And, and here comes this guy with the biggest smile. He was still wearing his mask, but you could tell he was smiling. And he shook my hand. And I said, well, what's going on? He's like, I just got, I just got to go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And he just bolted off. And I'm like, huh? Well, that was an experience. And as much as we like to think Ottawa was this place where nothing bad happened, it's a lie. It's just nothing really bad happened. Like, I mean, we just were inconsiderate to other human beings, I say, would be the biggest downfall of Ottawa, right? Like letting horns off for that long was a F you to government. And you didn't understand that there was a ton of people that were fearful of their own shadow who thought you were there to kill them. And I don't know how you would ever fix that part of the situation, just that that was there. And, you know, coming back from there, was difficult you were in this like uh bubble i don't know what to call it because i still haven't found a great word for it and as soon as you (laughs) left it it was like you popped out of this like uh um, invisible force field and you just realized oh 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 okay and it took probably a month to come down from that. I've talked to so many people that say the similar thing. Like you just, I don't know what that is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm rambling here a little bit, Carla, but like there was so many good things that happened there. And yet there's so many strange things that one can't even begin to understand. And so when you talk about different iterations of the podcast, I'll tie it back to that. You know, it's just, that's what I've done on the podcast is tried to understand different things because by asking questions, uh, it -hmm. leads me to some answers or at least clearing up some things that I was really confused at because a lot of the world is a gray mist. You have no idea. Like you can't Russia right now. Um, you know, you look at it and I, I, you know, like all of the Western world is pushing everything they have into Ukraine. Like it's, it's like okay, so we're against Russia. And yet I sit here Mm -hmm. and I go, anytime the narrative is that clear and concise, it probably isn't that clear and concise. No, I mean, I just watched Candace Owens' documentary about Black Lives Matter last night uh, because that was another big narrative that was like really pushed on everyone. Like, put your black squares in, everybody go along with this. Like, don't ask questions. And she just shattered that whole thing last night too. And you're right, anytime there's like, one story that like (laughs) all my red flags go up know what i thought was really weird about the convoy sure yes it was a huge inconvenience yes they were people were partying and there was raves and bouncy castles but after two years of being pent up people losing their jobs losing their livelihoods getting injured by these things like there was a lot of rage and people and i think of like 
there was a lot of like manly men that went right like truckers farmers like all kinds of people and i know that they were drinking and stuff at night too and think of all this rage and they knew they were about to get like beaten not one act of violence not one you know like ottawa tried to lie about that about yeah, arson and yes yeah. and, and, and what Go i would ahead. say to the, what i would say to that is is the amount of faith believers that were there I was an anomaly being there. We'll leave it at that, right? Like I was there there was there was these different groups of people. There was your Christians or maybe I want I'll, I'll even branch it off from Christians. Your your people who went to some form of church. Then you had your spiritual, you know, could be you know, energy and and light and you know, just different things there. And then there was Sean and a group of people over here that just walked in. We're here on wall. We're gonna we're gonna do some. Pro and then you just got smacked across the face with all these people that knew they'd been called there for a bigger reason than they could ever begin to understand. And with by the time we reached Ottawa, I would say majority of people weren't even swearing that much anymore. They were just like, oh, I don't even care about Trudeau. I just I just want him to like stop what he's doing. I, I like you know I like there but at date day three or whatever it was people were talking about dragging them back to Alberta right we're gonna hang them we're gonna drag them back and whatever and by the time you got there that mm -hmm. it all changed by day like three mm -hmm. I want to say of being in Ottawa full on group prayers happening people praying everywhere like um mm -hmm. and I I don't fully understand the power of prayer I want to say that very clearly here. But mm -hmm. that there is more to it than I give credit to. How's that? Because the amount of prayer that happened in Ottawa was, I don't know. I'd never seen anything like it. And it didn't, it didn't seem like that weird, although I'm sure to somebody on the outside, it probably did seem a little weird. Um, it just seemed like it needed to happen. And that may sound strange coming out of my mouth because like I'm, I, I think I go back to uh, your email. You know, I, w I grew up going to church, but as soon as I got out of church, I was away from it. I didn't want anything to do with it. So to Same. have people for, to be in Ottawa and to sit around and pray with somebody. Um, I don't even know what to say about that. Right. Other than you talk about how there was no violence and everybody understood like Absolutely, everybody understood. And instead of uh, trying to escape the hardships, they steered into it with like smiles, prayer, goodwill. Uh, you know, I've read the stories on Gandhi, and it reminded me of stories of Gandhi, you know, nonviolence. Mm -hmm. It just, to me, that's that's a lot of what was missed because it, if you frame it that way, then it becomes a religious movement. And it wasn't a religious movement. Hell, I was there. And that isn't what it was. It wasn't. No. And they were met with violence. They were met with people in their face, swearing and spitting and freaking out and then eventually beaten. And they were, and they still didn't reciprocate with violence. Like that something magical happened there. I, and I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know what that is. I think it's really exciting because it, whatever it is, it's real and it's good. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just a good place to be from now on. Like I'm just have, trusting. Have Have you ever had a, a spiritual experience like that, Carla, where it's just like, what is that? 
Um, yeah, many, many. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, same as you, dragged to church as a kid. Didn't want anything to do with it. As a teenager, as an adult, partied my face off. Uh, became a yogi. Always kind of thought in the back of my head, um, I'll care about that when I'm older. Because it definitely was drilled into me as a kid. Like, that's probably what you should do. Um, but I, I don't fit well in like a conservative box or a church box. Like that's never been me. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty wild person, but anyways, one, one day in my like late twenties, I said, I, I decided that I'm no, I'm going to care. I'm going to try caring about this and like, try it on, see what it's like. And I kind of thought something magical would happen. Like I'd feel something, the heavens would open up, I'd fall to my knees and I'd be like, oh my God, it is real. Well, nothing happened. And I, I've never felt like so low. It was such a weird experience. I was like, I guess it's not real. All the stuff that people have been talking about. Well, I'm living in BC at that point. My mom comes to visit and my mom wants to go to church. I haven't been to church in 20 years at this point. And I'm like, sure, mom, I'll take you to church. And the night before, I'm saying to my husband, oh, man, I thought this stuff was real. It's clearly not real. And if you pray and you just ask for guidance, like, can you just give me a clear path and just tell me what to do? Like, I'm just asking, like, I want to be a good person here. I'm asking you, what should I do? Why can't God be mystical? Why doesn't he just like write it in the sand? Why doesn't he take my kids magnet letters and just like assemble it on the fridge and just tell me exactly what to do? My exact words were, why can't God be more mystical? And I was so clear that I was atheist. I was like, this thing isn't real. So I take my mom to church, I sit down, the pastor looks right at me, I'm in the back. And the very first thing he says, he says, God doesn't need to be mystical. He's in the everyday small acts that you see every day. And I felt like a lightning bolt from him to me. Like it felt very real. And, and Sean, I, I still right now don't know where I stand. I still struggle with like religion, dogma, all these things. All I can tell you is there's, there is something there that's, that's. It's a funny, it's a, it's a funny thing though. You know, like you, you ask for it, you get it. Like, I mean, uh, what's. You know, somebody will do the, the the absolute math on that probability of that happening. But like, it's like you felt it, you seen it, and you go, "Hmm." Like I literally asked for something, and he just slapped me across the face, so to speak. And it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. I still don't know what I think about it. And I'm not trying to yeah. tease you because I'm I'm the same way. It's like, so why? Like, I'm sure it's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go, you go, like, well, is that the best you got? <laughs> You know, like, it's like, mm-hmm. why do we need more? And yet we do. Like, I just, you know, I, uh, uh, I just find that like super curious because, you know, um, it was Kid Carson who I uh, listened to one of his and he had, you know, he had this whole story and then he talks about, uh, and I'm doing this very poor justice here. I suggest people go listen to the Kid Carson one. I think it's with, uh, Wardell, the actor. and he talks about a shard of glass being stuck in the Bible uh, after he gets in a car accident and like this, all this stuff that surrounded it. I'm like, Oh, did you start reading the Bible then? He's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, what what do we need? You know, like, what do we need? 
to, to the Bible real- literally shaped your life. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do we need to know? Like, yeah, there's more to it. Or are we just so uncomfortable with that notion? That, well, that was interesting, but I'm just going to move on. Or I'm not going to think too deeply about it. Or I'm going to whatever, you know, like it's such a strange attribute of human beings that we get, we get mm-hmm. given not exactly what we asked for, but kind of. And then we're like, eh, but. Well, and here's why I'm not talking about it. And it reflects like my own weakness as, as tough as I think I am. Oh, I'm super authentic. I can talk about anything. You know, I've gone through the political stuff. I've now gone through the medical stuff. No problem. This last little piece I will get eaten alive for. And I'm back to square one of like, you know, people are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to unfollow me. And you're talking about religion or faith or whatever. If you talk about any of that, it means a certain thing. And I guess I've decided at this point too, that there is no topic off the table. Cause I know a lot of people are curious too. And I don't care what people believe. I'm never going to tell people what to believe. Heck, I don't even really know what I believe. I'm just open to the conversation and I'm going to make that this is I'm pledging this on this podcast today. I am just going to make it so normal to actually just say what you think and talk about everything. And that's it. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to say a certain needs to be a certain way. I'm just going to make it so normal to talk about everything. Well, I I think it's in like, you know, if you can follow the tea leaves, you know, like the, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Uh, these little coincidences or God or the universe or whatever. I don't care what you believe. If you believe there's mm-hmm. something bigger picture, whatever that is. Um, I think back to, to a Matthew McConaughey book, weirdly enough, you know, uh, he had dreams and uh, they were of the wet type. And <laughs> if you go back and read green lights, he has two times in his life where he has a dream and then follows that dream all the way across the world to go see what it means. That's Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey. That's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, right? Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. right there for everyone to see. You know, I interviewed Jim Pattison. He's maybe one of the wealthiest businessmen ever to come out of Canada. And he has a story in his book where two kids were healed in front of his eyes and he followed up with it for like, I can't remember what it was, three years. He went to a tent revival, you know, like one of those preachers out and they brought kids mm-hmm. up that couldn't, you know, and he followed up with them. I'm like, it, it's sitting in front of everybody's eyes. And yet we don't want to talk about it or we don't want to acknowledge it. Or I don't know. I, to me, it's like, I actually don't know. I just, you know, for me, I look at, uh, when I look at, uh, how I came to meet my wife and things like that, there's things that just went on where I'm like, you know, I was a pretty stubborn person and, uh, you know, a giant snowstorm comes in and, and holds me where I am and, and forces me, you know, this way instead of that way. And you end up where you are right now. And it's like, it's, it sounds so romantic to say, but it's the absolute truth. Like I was, I was getting the hell out of there. You know, I didn't want to be there. And instead that's where you end up. And I've heard it through so many different people and, you know, Glenn Sather, uh, the, the, the architect of the Edmonton Oilers dynasty in the 1980s, he met his wife on the side of the road um, in New York City. 
uh, on like an overpass. She had a flat tire and he pulled over and helped her. And I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And he's like, some things you just don't need to ask questions about. And sometimes I wonder mm -hmm. if he has it right or if I have it right. You know, like, are we better off just not acting, you know, trying to figure out what the absolute answer is or to continue to uh, bring everybody together? We eventually have to find that out in order to have, I don't know, unity, I don't know, humanity. I, I don't know. I don't think you ever have to know. I, I think we just need to stay open. I think that's like, that's the key to everything. You need to stay open to what's showing up for you. You need to stay open to other people and, and hearing other sides of the story. Like we, we're never going to know. We're like, even with what's happening in the world, we're never going to know. People think that they know, but like, there's some, there's some fucked up things going on. We're just, we're not going to know because we're not, we're not in the clubhouse. We're not going to, we're not going to have a definite answer of what's going on. So at some point we just actually have to be okay with not knowing and just staying open. Well, maybe you're right there. Problems of the world solved, Sean. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're gonna agree yeah, to not right. know we just don't know don't listen to us we don't know <laughs> uh, i definitely don't know you know uh, i just ask questions keep asking and we'll see where i get to i'll be one hell of an interview when i'm 80 i have two serious questions to end this podcast okay fine. one when you're this is really important when you're doing a zoom podcast are you professional waist down or only waist up or do you have like hockey pajama pants on right oh, now damn you know what it's cold <laughs> out here so i actually am wearing jeans you know what but normally i am totally professional waist up i'm always walking in in flip-flops and like shorts people always stare <laughs> at me and i'm like i have the coolest occupation under the sun uh but i'm like literally nobody sees me um and sometimes the studio gets it gets a little toasty in here and i've had guests yeah. uh, me and a couple other hockey guys have like stripped down the boxers because it's like nobody cares anyways right so i'm uh i always kick uh, one of the things i i do here is i kick my shoes off it makes it kind of feel like home i got carpet so i always have just sock feet so mm -hmm. i'm yeah i'm pretty uh unprofessional or i don't i don't really care that, that's just what <laughs> what the podcast is to me so that that's where i'm at I, I think that's gonna be my question for everyone. I, I know when I'm coaching, it's usually like a blouse and then shorts, it gets hot in here too. So there'll be something really funny waist down going on. Well, if, okay, I, ever my second come, question. if I ever come back on Carl, I'll make sure that I, I prepare and I have some funny shorts on just for, just for the get anyways. Some good Canadian PJ bottoms. Um, who, if you could interview anyone on your show, who would it be? Jordan Peterson. I am putting back out into the, so I had two goals. Okay. I keep saying this story. I keep waiting for something to just smack me across. Cause I I've tried and I, <clears throat> Jordan Peterson is a, is a tough get. Okay. So I had two goals for 2022. One was go full-time April 1st. That happened full-time podcasting, uh, to all your lovely listeners. It is the best. I haven't found, I, I never thought I could be this happy and enjoy life this much. It is the best. Number two was getting the guy on that made the podcast um, become even a reality. And that was Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson has 
changed my life like so many others. I read his first book and it just articulated in a way things that I'd been struggling with and I didn't realize it for so long. And uh, the idea of doing a podcast comes from Jordan, not comes from Jordan Peterson, but comes from the mindset that he helped develop through reading his book. So like to me, he's my only other goal I had for 2022 we're slowly running out of time. You know, it's October and I'm like, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, but I would love to, uh, pick his brain. Um, because he is uh, a mind that, you know, doesn't always get it right. And certainly says some, uh, uh, things that people, well, he's, he says some things that even I don't agree with, but his general message has not saved my life, but maybe, you know, if, if I went to the extreme, maybe it has, uh, he's mm-hmm. made me a better person. He made me, you know, like things he's done, uh, and written and just articulated have absolutely shaped the way I think now and has led me to this point. And it was one of the starting points. So if I had any opportunity, Oh man. Um, yeah, Jordan Peterson. So throw that back out to the universe for like the 50th time this year. If Jordan Peterson somehow, or someone, uh, here's this and they're like, Oh yeah, that's an easy ask. Well, I hope so. Cause uh, I've been working on it and I've gotten close, but not close enough. Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you're a fan of sense making. If you're on here right now, get <laughs> your people to call Sean's people and make this happen. <laughs> who would you take? Who, who, if, if Carly could have anyone, who would, who would you have on your, your podcast? I mean, I know I rank high up there, but I mean, who who would be the yeah. one? Jordan Peterson would definitely be up there for me as well. But if I had to be unique and pick, I, you know, I love Joe. I love Joe Rogan so much. I wish Joe was prime minister. I, I think he's such a well-rounded person. And, you know, same with Jordan Peterson. People can get mad because they disagreed with one thing he said. But I'm like, well, what about the rest of the things he says? And Joe is one of those people. He's really good at asking questions, at being honest, and also also not giving a fuck. I really appreciate people like that. <laughs> still kind, still respectful, but also he's just going to say what he's going to say, and he doesn't care about being perceived a certain way. I think that's, I think that's how we need to be. Yeah, Joe Rogan would be, I mean, he he's, he's number two on my list, so... Uh there's a reason me and you get to talk, uh, you know, uh, we think along the same lines. Um, but yeah, Joe, I mean, I feel like at some point, uh, if, if, uh, if I have a trajectory, which I do, but I mean, if, if it continues to go where it's going at some point, you, you float into uh, the universe that's five universes over from them, but you're still kind of in the same galaxy. I don't know which is bigger galaxy mm-hmm. universe, whichever. And um, eventually those things can happen. I would just really like Jordan Peterson for this year. Cause it's, you know, there's only been one other guy who ever escaped my grasp. And that was Wayne Gretzky. Mm. And I got as close as his, like some of his best oh. friends, his agent. And they just basically said, yeah, like, you know, uh, piss off in the very nicest way. And I was like, eh, well, crap. Right. So. <sighs> Oh, I just remembered too. I lied to you. You're not the only stranger I've sent a message to. I sent a message to one other person during the pandemic. I sent a DM to Elon Musk 
because I was like, if anyone knows what's going on right now, it's Elon. He's got the most amount of money. And I sent Elon a DM and I was just laughing in my head about this. And I just said, Elon, what's going on out there? And should I get vaccinated? <laughs> I was like, if he didn't respond, but I'm like, if he does, I'm going to, I'm going to really know what's going on. <laughs> well, Elon's a funny guy, you know, like his latest, uh, stuff with Starlink in the Ukraine. Like that's, that's pretty funny where he, he basically, uh, got told to fuck off by the Ukraine. So now Starlink's not giving him free service and is pulling that. And he no said, well, way. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing what they told me. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Awesome, Sean. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. This has been fun. Um, I'm really, I'm really thrilled. I let life take me <laughs> on this journey because I get to meet such great people just like you. I really appreciate your time here today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Carla. I, I mean, I, I don't know if we solved any world problems, but at the end of the day, it was a fun little conversation and I enjoy uh, hopping on with you. Um, and of course, if you're not following Sean's podcast right now. It's called the Sean Newman podcast. And you are a you, Sean, not a W, Sean. Get That's that right. right and, everyone. And, and not seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I confuse everybody with the S-H-A-U-N anyways. Uh, yeah. I would love to have uh, people come and, and uh, the phone line's always open. I got my, my phone number stuck right in the show notes so they can get a hold of me and yell at me or applaud me or both. It doesn't really matter. I like hearing pulse of what people think about guests and everything else so if anyone wants to hop on over and take a look by all means reach out to me i'm i'm pretty accessible man you never know where these things are gonna go it's kind of like the last three years right it starts off medical it goes political it ends up spiritual you never know where we're gonna go <laughs> and just like we said in the show we just got to stay open to the flow of life it's really all we can do not sitting in a place of I know, but just sitting in a place where you're open, willing to go with the flow, and of course, willing to ask questions. I hope you guys liked today's episode. Like, I highly recommend following Sean Newman's show. Um, it's gotten me through a lot. He's got some amazing guests in there. He's funny. He's a small town Canadian boy. I love all of it. And if you like sense making, please subscribe. It helps us a lot. And if you share our episode to your Instagram stories, we'll make sure to tag you so that other people find you as well. Uh, it helps us get our content out there, but we're so happy to help you build your content and build this freedom community as well. So thanks again for your support, for your emails. I read each and every single one of them. Thank you for your suggestions, for your comments, your suggestions, your likes, all of that. Thanks, guys, and I will see you next time.